This podcast is brought to you by Fear Free, the initiative that takes the pet out of petrified and puts treat into treatment. Learn more at fearfreepets.com. This is the Fear Free podcast series. I'm your host, Steve Dale, with Mr. Fear Free himself, the guy who began all of this, Dr. Marty Becker. I want to talk about vaccine experience, but since I have you right here, Dr. Becker, I can't help but ask you, when you began Fear Free, you began this for the veterinary profession. Could you have imagined two things that, first off, nothing in the veterinary profession happens very quickly, typically. I've been around the profession for a long time. I know it takes a while. Uh, This did not take very long. That's First part of the question, the second, is it's also now about dog trainers. It's about shelters. It's about groomers. It's way beyond the veterinary profession. Could you have envisioned all of that? I said a prayer. Uh, I had a dream with deadlines, but the, the numbers, absolutely not. I can remember when Fear Free started officially as an online education company, April 1st of 2016, uh, our COO, Ruth Garcia, and myself had on our plan to have a 1,000 people fear-free certified. These are veterinarians and veterinary nurses primarily by the end of that year, in nine months, and we ended up having 10,000. And now between uh, veterinarians, veterinary nurses, and people that work in hospitals, and also veterinary nursing students and veterinary students, we're close to 100,000. Wow. And the pieces, you know, you've been privy and partner to this, Steve, from the start, and I remember in many conversations, uh, I remember one conversation particularly with you, we were talking about, well, what good is it to have a happy experience at the vet and a terrible experience at home? And so we started, uh, created Fear Free Happy Homes, and then we looked at all the other people. You know, our mission is to prevent or relieve, uh, alleviate fear, anxiety, and stress in pets by educating and inspire the people who care for them. And that's not just veterinarians. That are trainers and groomers and daycare and dog walkers and shelters. And so now if you think of it like a wagon wheel, the, the fear-free certified veterinary healthcare professional is at the center and the hub and the spokes go out, trainer, groomer, daycare, boarding, shelter. And it's pretty amazing to look at what started out just to match up with our oath to prevent or relieve animal pain and suffering in the profession has now gone over to looking at the emotional well-being of all animals globally. I mean, equine, dairy, research, zoos and aquariums, wildlife. So just, um, and I, know I should give a shout out, you know, you and I both are, have a relationships, decade-long relationships with boarded veterinary behaviors, and there were some people talking about this for decades. Yes. Uh, and I thought of it like collateral damage, like, well, I see those signs, but what are you going to do about it? And, and now we've given a voice to them, which is great. So now they can strut, you know, they got the education, the training, and the experience, and, and they get to strut their stuff. Well, I want to talk about vaccines a little bit, but I'll, I'll, before we, you're amazing. And, and I'm not just telling you this because you're on the phone. Uh, you, you are incredible that one person, no one else could have done. Uh, so it's a good idea. A lot of people could have come up with the idea. I've told you this privately. No one else, no one else I've ever met could have achieved what you have done. And the timing happened to be right. I, I think that um, millennials are exactly looking for the kind of thing you're providing and the kind of, okay, our pets are not suffering at the veterinarian. So when they've gone in for vaccines, that's been one of those places where, first of all, most people don't like getting vaccines. 
Many people have this phobia, if you will, or at least discomfort with needles. So we have that even coming in. And then the pet literally screams when the vaccine comes. Well, no wonder they may not come back for that next vaccine, if even the next visit. It doesn't have to be... My mind is is just I, like I uh, you know all of a sudden the hard drive kicked in and <laughs> and uh, you know Pandora's kicked in and music is blaring because my mind just lit up you know you you have people that always felt like they were hurting their pets by trying to help them what by what I mean by that by taking them to the vet they'd see how distressed they were and is the hurt going to be worse than what you know is the help going to be hurt than the than the than the hurt that they have so they felt guilty about hurting them by trying to help them. And then every pet is basically a one-year-old child. They have no idea what it, why a vaccination benefits them, and they can't anticipate or expect the relief of fear, anxiety, and stress, even if it's moments away. So to contrast it, we as humans can go get a flu vaccine at the local, you know, the doctor or the, the pharmacist, and we know why we're getting it to protect us against the common flu. And we know the pain will last 15 seconds and then it's over with. And, and even with even knowing that, many people don't do it because of their fear of needles. So now imagine the pet has no idea why it benefits them, doesn't know what's going to be over with in seconds, and uh, they can't choose. They're taken against, uh, for care against their will. So it's really lucky that we've, uh, we've worked with uh, Alanco to create a more comfortable vaccine experience to where uh, literally we put the treat into treatment. Now, at one point in time, I mean, no offense, but you're old enough to remember, and I know you talk about this, where, where you were taught just get it done. And that turns out not to be the right thing. No, no, again, we, we did it. Uh, trust me, before Fear Free, uh, I would stretch cats out into two zip codes if needed and have had more than one dog poop in my pocket while you were trying to restrain it at the time just to get a blood sample when the pet was, was fearful. And now we, now we know that uh, if you have it, let, let's say you had a pet, pet come in, and this, is, this has happened within the, you know, the last month. You have a pet come in, and, and it's doing fine, and all of a sudden it breaks out with fear, anxiety, and stress. In the past, we would have just got one more body, two more bodies to hold it down and thought nothing of it. And now we actually have options to where we retreat for another day. And I'll tell people, I don't want to sacrifice your pet's long-term emotional well-being for the convenience of getting it done today. I learned that from Dr. Julie Reck. Or I'll say, let's do this another day a different way. Or we give something orally uh, to calm them and let them, if the, the pet parent can wait for a half hour, or we go straight to uh, something injectable, uh, sedation to calm their pet. But with vaccinations, you know, that used to be like the, the veterinary equivalent of a lube oil filter. I think a trained monkey could have done it. We gave the same thing to everyone every year, and now through, you know, some of the stuff we learned through Dr. Rich Ford and stuff and other colleagues, we know we want to see him for at least yearly veterinary visits, at which time we'll determine what, if any, vaccinations are needed. And typically, you know, we, there's some that are needed yearly. But the whole process of that, there's these protocols to where, you know, literally the pet and the pet owner do not even know their pet has been vaccinated. I want to talk about that, and I want to talk about a a lot of what you just said, but I want to back it up. You said breaks out with fear, anxiety, and stress, just like uh, a, a layman may say breaks out with chicken pox or breaks out with the canine influenza virus. Uh, you're looking at 
And I think the profession has begun to look at fear, anxiety, and stress as almost an illness, and that uh, physical well-being, as important as it is, is likely psychological well-being is equally as important. Can you talk about that? Well, yeah, you know, this is one of the things I learned when when Karen Overall uh, took me to the mountaintop on this lecture in 2009 where I left Transformed, but uh, behavior produces a physiologic response, so behavior is medicine. And for a lot of pets have been undergoing repeat severe psychological damage by what we've been doing or not doing uh, in the convenience of getting it done today and in a in a timely fashion, because it's always chop-chop, you know, there's a lot to do in a veterinary hospital. And we found out that, you know, the emotional well-being, you know, Steve Ettinger is probably the world's most famous veterinarian as our chief medical officer, and one of the things we learned from him through Fear Free is it's better medicine. The, the physical exam is more normal. They're not hiding pain and sensitivity. The vital signs, the first thing we look at is their pulse, their respiration rate, their temperature are more normal. So if the temperature is elevated, it might be a fever, not stress. If the respiration rate or heart rate are elevated, it might be a heart condition, what we call tachycardia, racing heart, and not just stress. The blood chemistries we test are much more normal. Uh, When you see an increase in glucose, maybe they're pre-diabetic and not just stressed out and, and so forth. So they're interchangeable, and there's a lot of stuff on the human side, a lot of research on immunosuppression from stress. And actually, a good example on a flu shot, if you have somebody that's really stressed and gets a flu vaccine versus somebody that is calm, when you check the immunity levels three months, six months, nine months, and a year later, it's much higher in the person that was calm because he didn't get, get the release of cortisol, which dulled the immune response. And although I, I'm not aware of any studies that have been done in that, it's almost certainly the same in, in pets. Yeah. Uh, so let me let me be the devil's advocate for a moment. Uh, that dog, and you kind of address this, but I want to make a point of it. That dog or that cat isn't going to be swayed by tuna for the cat. For the dog, it could be tuna too, I suppose, a little hot dogs, whatever it is, because that dog or cat is just too afraid. Maybe of the entire visit or maybe having seen the needle before uh, and it's been made a big deal out of it or has felt pain, now has that fear, anxiety, and stress you talk about, and, and hot dogs or tuna just aren't doing the trick. Uh, I know you have an answer for that, but one of the misconceptions about Fear Free is that it is just hot dogs and tuna, and I would suggest that's not the case. It's funny. You, you said something there that triggered a thought. I used, to do, I used to draw the vaccine up in front of people, the whole process, you know, getting the diluent, the liquid, and putting it in the cake, and then mixing it up, and then drawing it back out. And it was like a show. It was like, uh, you know, I got my lightsaber out here. Nobody else felt comfortable wielding this instrument like I did. <laughs> and, of course, the people who are freaked out at needles, now I look back and think of them, and the pet who's had only pain coming from this, you know, because fear is caused by something painful or something disturbing. Painful is the injection. Disturbing is in seeing the needle in the syringe. And so, you know, tr- trust me, I'm, I'm no Temple Grandin. I was doing all this stuff wrong until I had this awakening. But Fear Free, you know, one of our, our colleagues and friends, Sophia Yen, started low-stress handling, and she was one of the first five people on the Fear Free Advisory Group. Cat-Friendly Practices, I think there's five people from that on the Fear Free uh, Advisory Group. 
which we all there's we all work together collaboratively, not not with competition. But fear free, there's 250 people. There's 65 board of behaviorists, a bunch of PhDs in behavior, such as Brian Hare at Duke and heads animal cognition there, and the amazing Temple Grandin. I think there's 10 boarded veterinary anesthesiologists, and and all these animal handling experts. So it's it's pro- products and protocols that developed by hundreds of people that get to be deployed on, you know, every every visit, every practice, every day. Sounds like you're giving a vaccine to your dog right now. So, but he it, heard the, he heard a, he heard a clink. My wife's downstairs and heard a clink of a dish and so my my watchdog alerted me to it. And maybe that clink of a dish is something really good to eat inside, but really <laughs> good to eat inside is only just part of it. So if you if the client knows that dog, like your dog, might be uh, worried or anxious about vaccines. There are things that can be done in advance of the visit. Uh, how proactive should the veterinary professionals be about that? And where is the place of the veterinary nurse here? I don't want to forget that because I think that might be the person who communicates the message. Yeah, let me give you an example of what would happen at North Idaho Animal Hospital, where, where Fear Free started and where I work. So what you do is you go, you have the pet owner uh, st- start a week out. If it's, uh, you know, if the pet's going to be in a carrier, get the carrier out uh, a week before, not the morning of or the, the night before, and freak them out. You start giving high-value rewards in that carrier, high-value treats as part of what their daily diet is. You start this magic carpet ride of pher- pheromones, which is species-specific, either feel away or adaptal. The, the day of the visit, they come in very hungry, so they respond to food rewards. You put the carrier in the car, and you make it so it's roll a towel or whatever so it's flat or put it in the back of an SUV. You cover it with a towel or light sheet on three sides to reduce visual stimuli. You play a certain channel of Sirius XM music on the way in, or we can send you an MP3 file if you're hip like my, my kids are, or you can just tell them to play uh, classical music or not baby talk it. One of the things we've recommended at Fear Free for years now is for people to go check in and then go back out and wait in their vehicles until it was their turn to be seen. So you eliminated the waiting area and made their vehicle the waiting area. And now it's funny, we're seeing this, people doing this because of the distancing. Uh, we did it for the emotional well-being, not the physical well-being of, the, of pets and people. It's funny how that is. Mm-hmm. When they go into the room, they're given the choice of where they're examined. It might be on the table, on the floor, in their lap, in the carrier. Uh, we, you know, we use the the line of vaccines from from Elanco that are reduced volume vaccine lines. So anybody that's gotten a flu shot knows what volume feels like when it goes into your arm. And we tell the tell the the pet parent that we're using half the volume of that, that we have changed the needles out so they're brand new sharp needle, the same one they use for babies. And when it gets time to do, we do a considered approach. There's always protocols, considered approach where you avoid eye contact with the pet. And like a horse, you touch it, you touch it so it knows it's there. You touch, touch, tip the skin, touch, touch, tip the skin. Somebody's using a distraction technique up front. It may be a pretzel stick dipped in peanut butter it may be uh, a Kong filled with uh, liver paste. Uh, what we do a lot is use Easy Cheese, and we'll take a, looks like a, a paddle or a charcuterie board, and we actually write the pet's name in Easy Cheese on there and tell the pet owner, uh, you're going to want to take a picture of this. And 
while they hold the board up and the pet's licking its own name off, now on this fleece, this uh, fleece towel that is impregnated with pheromones, while they're looking at the pet owners watching the dog lick their name off, or the cat's getting in some bonita fish flakes or, or Costco tuna or salmon or baby shrimp, now we lift that syringe up, touch, touch, tent, touch, touch, tent, we vaccinate, and many times they don't even know I'd say most of the time they don't even know the pet's been vaccinated. And that's been our experience with our pet, you know, where the the dog or the cat has no idea. And by the way, I've taken those techniques as a pet owner. I'm a non-veterinarian, an animal behavior consultant, yes, but non-veterinarian, but I have an aging cat. So we give our cat cobalamin, uh, and uh, I'll tell you, the cat has, I just hold the needle behind my back, put down some treats, and I, I'm confident enough because uh, I've had some training to do it quickly. And and the, even the cat, you know, is a cat. And people think, oh, well, cats are going to be. No. Uh, everything you said, by the way, Dr. Becker, I think was golden. So thank you very much. Thank you very much for making a difference, changing the world more than making the difference. It is always good to speak with you. Thank you, dear friend. Well, if you're already registered for Fear Free, be sure to keep up with all the Fear Free happenings. Access the new toolbox items and find out all the additional courses at fearfreepets.com. And of course, if you're not registered, find everything you need to get started at fearfreepets.com. If you're a member interested in pursuing practice certification, get more details on the same site under the Veterinary About section. And if you're a pet owner who just happened to stumble upon this podcast, welcome and learn more at Fear Free Happy Homes. <laughs>